another episode today we have a special episode planned but first we are officially rebranding we're now be called call us recruits i know i'm fired up about this reband how you guys feeling yeah the call us recruits we are uh, officially recruits of all sports now not just football we're hockey recruits we're ufc recruits or basketball recruits soccer recruits you name the sport we can talk about it so we're excited we have an instagram that we're rolling out currently we're on linkedin as well we even have an email well, the boys are buzzing. We're looking pretty legitimate. You back thoughts? Well, we're definitely not fucking soccer recruits. That's I'm I'm not letting us do a single episode on soccer unless I leave. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped to talk a lot more about other sports other than just uh, hockey and football. So let's get into it. Well, before we get started, I want to shout out: we officially have a sponsor, so we're even more legit. Hickory Dickory Decks, Burlington, Milton, and Dundas locations. If you want to improve outside lifestyle, hit them up. They build a fantastic deck, great patios. You, you name it, they'll build it. So without further ado, we get... Phenomenal decks, actually. The one at your household is is done by them. It's absolutely brilliant. Phenomenal. Yeah. Get a nice get a nice pavilion there. They do those, too. You know, get a fire pit. They they, they got the whole package. So we got a, we got a full hockey episode planned today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a couple things. But without before we start... We're going to list off some NHL contenders and fakers. We'll have a discussion about that for the first season. So one contender, it's pretty legitimate. I got Colorado. Pretty sure you guys can all agree with that. They're young. They're very talented. Got good defensive pairings. Got a lot of depth in the center position. So they're my number one contender. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, I might have Tampa as my number one contender, but Colorado is definitely number two and definitely in that conversation with Tampa. They're good everywhere. They're young. They're going to be good for the next probably seven years. So just lock them in the contender conversation for the next almost decade. Yep. Who's next? All right, another guy. Yeah, I mentioned the Lightning. One I have might be a bit out there. We're going to go to the Canadian division, and it's not the least. I'm going the Winnipeg Jets. I think the Winnipeg Jets are a very, very good team. They have a, probably one of the best top six in the game. They have an elite Gordon goalie in Connor Hellebuck. And watching the Connor Hellebuck play against the Leafs, he can steal them games on his own. So the Jets are one of my contenders. I think that top six are making a push in the playoffs. That Pierre-Luc Dubois trade makes them better, in my opinion, having that number two center. And yeah, I think Connor Hellebuck can win the playoff series. So I had them as a contender on my list. I gotta pull up their decor here though, because I don't, I don't know that you can win a, a Stanley Cup with a decor. Who do they have? Like Coolman and but I got, I gotta pull this up. But you're also, it's also you're going through the Canadian division, so you play the whole Canadian division that whole until the semifinals. So I can talk about them a little bit while you pull it up. Well, one thing that I really like that they've done is they, their whole, their center, <laughs> they probably have one of the best uh, center depth in higher NHL. Especially with the whole Dubois for lining trade, I love it. Especially now, like I saw a report that lining might get nine mil on the open market. Like that's nope. or, that's the extension talks. Like when you have someone, uh, you can enter in your center, increase your center depth. Whereas if you have like increased winger depth, it's if you're trying to build a contender, having center depth is ten times out of ten. So um, I like them. They're also going to be one of my contenders. Yes. Yeah, so their their top four is Josh Morrissey, Tucker Poolman. On the first pair now, Josh Morrissey's a great defenseman. Tucker Pullman's not a first pair defenseman. He's he can't play those minutes for a contending team, in my opinion. Maybe they'll trade for a guy. Second pair, Derek 
or Bort. I've never heard of this guy in my life, so can't speak on how good he is, but considering I haven't heard of him, can't be that good. Neil Pionk, again, solid top four defenseman, but not necessarily going to play the defensive minutes that you would like. Uh, and then on their last pair here, they got Logan Stanley and Dylan DeMello. It's a fine last pair, but nothing special in my opinion. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be in the market for uh, for another defenseman. Um, name that kind of pops to mind. He, he pops to mind for almost every single team, but Dennis Savard uh, on the Columbus Blue Jackets could be potentially available upcoming UFA. Well, Ekholm too would be huge for them. Yeah, the trade deadline. That would be a big acquisition. Ekholm, I don't know. But uh, that would be huge for them if they could get Matias Ekholm. But, okay, so let's say you're the general manager, right? So if you trade for Ekholm, you're essentially stating that, hey, we believe we have a Stanley Cup winning well, He also has another year on his contract, I believe, Ekholm. So it's not just this year. It's the next year, too. I think this is such a gettable division. Like, I'll talk about this later when we go into Leafs talk, but it's such a gettable division in the North Division. With the new playoff structure, you play everyone in your division up until the conference finals. So if the, the Jets can get past their first-round matchup and probably match up with the Leafs in the conference semifinals, they have, they have a real chance if they can knock off the Leafs to make it to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I like that. I, I like the Jets. Let's just move forward. I'd bother talk. All right, let's, uh, let's hear some contenders on your end, then we can go into some fakers as well. Yeah, so so I, within my first tier of contenders, I have Tampa Bay, Colorado. But my my third team I have in that tier is the Vegas Golden Knights. Great, great, great goaltending, great defense, forward depth. They're just good everywhere. You see kind of theme with the, the teams I like. They're good everywhere. They don't really have a weakness like the Winnipeg Jets at D. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Vegas? Oh yeah, Vegas is a. They're a perennial powerhouse in the NHL. That Petrolangelo signing just makes their defense even that much better. They're deep. They have the goaltending to make a run. It's hard. Them and Colorado are going to fight it out in that division to see who's on to the conference finals. Uh, I'm excited to see that playoff series. But Vegas, yeah, great forward depth, great defensive, and they got two dynamic goaltenders. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add other than that playoff series would be nice. I'd that'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Who else do you have here, Mike? Uh, we can move on to my second tier here. Sticking with uh, the theme of the North Division, very gettable division. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Look, they haven't been great the past couple weeks here, but if Jack Campbell turns out to be a good goalie, that's a another really complete roster. They fixed its decor this year. They still have the amazing forward depth, so they could go far. Yeah, um, we'll get into that again with the Toronto Maple Leafs talk a little bit uh, later, but I definitely think that they have a structure. They have an, uh, a blueprint to make the finals and to be a serious contender moving forward this year. So, Yeah, um, I had them as a contender. I didn't want to put them in Faker just because I saw they did the start of the year. Their forward depth speaks for itself. They can score. They're having trouble scoring right now, but that will change. It's not going to stay cold this long. And the way Jack Campbell is playing, if he can play this way down the stretch, um, they, they could be a very... Very strong team that can make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Jack Campbell's been a He's been hurt a lot this year, but if he does, he he might be better than Frederick Anderson. He might be the best choice in goal for them. Yeah, I think well, we can get into that later, but yeah, I think they got to ride Jack Campbell until he doesn't produce anymore. But the numbers he's putting up this year are just insane in the six game he's played. Yeah, so I can go next to my contenders. You guys were a little bit like 
fucking Toronto's a contender. Like, oh shit. Oh, well, I know. They got it. <laughs> you don't think they're contenders? No, okay. So, my contender, well, my number one contender this year that I will not be surprised if they make it to the Cup Finals, New York Islanders. Um, I love I them. I love I the, oops. The center depth's really strong. I definitely think they need to pick up. Uh, they're already looking for third line help, and then Andrews Lee goes out, so now they're going to look for second line help. Uh, a name that Elliot Freeman came up with that I thought was absolutely brilliant. Dustin Brown could be a potential target for them. Uh, they have a little bit of cap room. I think he looked nice in their roster, and they have the goalies. So, guys, that's in the uh, New York Islanders. Yeah, they're all right. Like they play, they play playoff hockey. I I don't see necessarily like the star scoring talent beyond Barzal. Maybe Wallstrom can be that in a couple of years. He's been great as a rookie this year, but I don't think he's quite there yet. They play, I don't know. I I hate putting the Islanders as a contender, mostly just because I hate watching them play hockey. They play boring hockey, not fun to watch, not where I want the game to go. So I might be a bit biased in that way. I, I just don't know that they have the high-end talent to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, um... The Islanders just, they confuse me. I just don't get how that roster is so good. The roster is not, they don't have that that high in talent. I just don't get how they win games. But they, they do it. They play very strong, structured hockey. They're well coached. So, yeah, I, I had them as a, a minor contender. I was tempted to put them in Faker. Just they play playoff hockey and they're going to win playoff series based on how they play. My number, uh, another contender I have in Minnesota Wild. I think, um, Kaprizov has completely changed around this organization. Uh, Kaprizov, I love, I love the way he plays. Um, and also, if you look at their team, like um, they have Bjorkstrand. Uh, sorry, not Bjorkstrand, Bjorkstad. They have guys like uh, Johansson. Um, they, ha- they have a lot of – they've been acquiring decent talent and plugging them on their third and fourth lines. They uh, have solid depth and a decent decor, so I like them as well. I just pulled up their roster, and you just said they're a contender. I do. I don't but think they are. Not yet. Right now is Victor Rask, Matt Zuccarello, and Kirill Kaprizov. Now, Kirill Kaprizov is amazing, but that's not a good first line. That's not a like they, they got a great decor. Great decor. Sutter, Spurgeon, Brodine, Dumba. That's one of the best top fours in the league. But that forward gap, like their their first line would be like a third line on any of these other contenders aside from Kaprizov. Yeah, but the best part about them is they don't really have a first line. That's that's the type of hockey. Well, their second line's not good either, though. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, their their second line is solid. Kevin Fiala is a, a solid. Kevin Fiala is great. Mark Mar- Ryan Hartman centering your second line. He's not a second line center. <laughs> he he's not. But at the same time, you, you, uh, you have Nick Benino, Joel Erickson, Eck. Ryan Hartman and Victor Ross in their center core. I didn't sounds know. sounds like a contender to me. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, that, that's Nick a hot take, Willie. Ryan Hartman, Joel Anderson, Eck, and Nick Benio. That's what makes you think they're contender. Hey, what? That, yeah. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. That's, that's, come on now. Like, and what are you thinking contender? Like, they're, they're one of my fakers. They've been great this season. Kapsov has changed this team and made them actually fun to watch when they were originally kind of like the Islanders played boring, played boring hockey, but they're not quite there yet. They're, they're a couple years away from being a true contender. Yeah. I just, I just don't see them being a contender given the division. They have Vegas and Colorado and then also the St. Louis blues in that division. They're going to be lined up in the first round with Colorado Vegas. So I just don't see them getting past 
them, so I can't put them as a contender just because I don't see them getting past the first round of the playoffs. A team I had just really quick, quick conversation on them is uh, Dallas Stars. You know they're not doing too well right now. I like their roster. I like how their roster is constructed. Um, I want to see them figure it out. I definitely think in the playoffs they'd be a dangerous team to play against. Your thoughts? Again, I don't. Why do you have these three teams as your contenders? Well, because I'm not trying to pick, you know, Vegas Golden Knights. I'm trying to pick teams. Well, those are contenders. <laughs> they get those are the teams that are favored and probably going to win the Stanley Cup. But like teams oh, like Dallas this, Stars may not even make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they're playoffs. Yeah. They're seventh in division right now. They're old. They're an old, old team. Yeah, no, you know, I I agree. It's definitely a team. It's it's a it's a way to be seen. Um. But I, I do like how their watches destroyed. Uh, yeah, they made a run last year. They so they they they, just, they gotta get hot. They're seventh in the division right now, so they have they have a lot of ground to catch up. They're seven points out of the playoff spot looking at it right now. So they got they gotta catch up some ground. They do have some games in hand, but we'll see we'll see if they can make it run again. So let's get into the fakers. I'm gonna list one off. Uh, probably my biggest one. I had the Florida Panthers as the fakers. They're having a very good year. I just don't trust Sergey Robloski in the net. I just can't see them making a run with his goaltending, he's very streaky. He hasn't been good since he signed that massive contract. So I, I like I like their forward depth, but I just can't put them in a contender. I put them as a faker just because Sergey Robles, he's a big question mark. Yeah, I, I think I'd really like them in a couple years, maybe when Spencer Knight or um, Devin Levi make it to the NHL. Um, I think you need a, an elite goaltender or at least a very good decor to make up for an elite goaltender if you're going to make the Stanley Cup finals and eventually win them. Um, Mackenzie Weger, Aaron Ekblad is your first pair. Ekblad's great. That's a fine first pair, but it's not great. And then you have Gustav Forsling and Radko Gudas as your second pair. That's probably the worst second pair in the league. Hey, Radko Gudas is actually having a phenomenal year. Radko Gudas is not having a phenomenal year. Mackenzie Weger's having a great year, though. Mackenzie Weger's playing... Great hockey, but he's still is he a top pairing defenseman? He's a top four. I don't think he's a the first pair, but I think he's a top four defenseman. He's solid. And then you got the Sonk Master, Kiki Andalou. <laughs> he's a pairing defenseman, not the guy you want to shut down top lines, but he's great offensively still. Uh, I just don't know that that's quite the roster that's going to win a cup. But when you have Barkov and Hubert, like they could make a run. Yeah, when I was doing my research for this, they're also one of my favorites that I had. I have a little asterisk next to them because, like, I wasn't 200% sure, but I'm not too impressed with their forward depth, especially when we get to the playoffs. I don't know if their third and fourth line can get it done. And also their defensive depth. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. They don't have that elite number one, you know, spectacular goaltending, and they don't even have that good of a defensive core. So, just my opinion. Uh, I like their forwards a lot better than a lot of these other teams we've talked about. Now that they're a faker for me too, don't get me wrong. But when you, you got Barkov, Hebrew, great first line. They might split them up to kind of uh, get a better second line. But Verhage, who has been, he, he was on Tampa last year, not really getting much ice time, has been amazing this year. He, that's where Tampa, you got a lot of players that can play higher up in other organizations that just kind of buried it in Tampa's system. So he's a Great find for them, but they they don't have the D or the goaltending to to make it run. Got any more uh, kind of pretenders? Uh, I believe that's I that's all I had. Um, I had I had an asterisk on the Leafs and the Islanders, but I didn't want to 
to put out there, but just because the Leafs, how they've been playing lately, I think they can change with the good trade deadlines and acquisitions, but I'm not going to put them in the fakers. I'll put them in the lower tier contenders. Contenders are my fakers, so we've gone over them. We've gone over them? Willie, let's hear uh, one of your fakers before we move on to the Leafs talk for the day. Yeah, sure. So, uh, my fake, one of my fakers is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I think that they're getting old. I'm not the biggest fan of their goaltending. Um, their defense, of course, sublime at, at best. Um, I think they're a faker. I think, in, like, you put them against some of the real teams, like Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado. Um, you put them against the Leafs. I honestly think that the Leafs would stop on them. Put them against Capitals. Are, you know, you put them the Capitals roster right now. I think. Uh, I want to talk about the Capitals because they're, they're a team that I'm very confused about. They might be a contender. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's hard to get a read on them. It's tricky, yeah. I don't know. They're, they're a team like the Penguins that are getting old, but they have so much more depth than the Penguins do. They're better on D. They're better in the goalie position. I really like Samsonov. I think he'll be really good for the next bunch of years as a young goalie. They're still a really good team. Like I, I wouldn't have them up with your Colorado's, your Tampa's, your Vegas's. Your Minnesota, according to Willie? Oh, they're miles ahead of us. <laughs> Just watch. You've still, you still got Ovechkin, who is... He's shot, hot right now. That shot's not going away. you got Kuznetsov still, Backstrom, Oshie, Verana, Tom Wilson's fine. They just got Connor Sheary. I think he's new this year. Still got... One of the fastest players in the NHL, Carl Hagman, playing on fourth line. Yeah, they're, they're still a good team. From an organizational perspective, right? Like, I'm not too sure what you do with that roster. Like, do you let, so you're the general manager. Do you honestly think that your roster can go to the cup finals and you make a big splash? I do if I'm them. Uh, mostly because I don't know, like, other teams where Colorado, I think they should shouldn't make a splash even though they're a better team just because you don't want to close that window that they have the window's closing for washington they got to go now if they're going to win a cup it's, it's going to be now yeah because yeah, Ovi's getting to the lower end of his career uh he's he's slowing down he's still he's still scoring at a good rate uh this year he's, he's hot right now so up to 17 goals a season but yeah they're like you said the window's closing uh, i think they got a cup a couple Years ago, but I think they want to, they want to win one. They got they got to go all in either this year or next year because that window that core with Ov Bastrom is closing very soon. And I, I got a final pretender that I'm just have a conversation with you boys. My contender is oh sorry my pretender is the Boston Bruins. And I was looking at their roster. Besides for that first line, they don't got too much. Like they they really don't. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys thought on, on the Boston Bruins right now? I, I, will, I will never put them as a pretender just because how good they've always been in the playoffs against the Leafs. The Bruins are still a scary team. That first line is so good, so talented. Chukaras gets hot. He's one of the best goalies in the league. They have Yerzal Palak to back them up, so they have a good tandem. Yeah, but I, I can't put them as a pretender just because how good they've been in the playoffs in the past. That's fair. Yeah, that 2015 draft where they had three first-round picks in a row. And they fucked it up. <laughs> that was the, maybe the best draft in NHL history, too. It, yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Okay, so let, 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 me, get, let me show you the stock to, uh, to the listeners. So in the 2015 NHL draft, the Boston Bruins had three consecutive picks. They picked Jacob Zaboral, Jake DeBrusque, and Zachary Tanishnin. 
<laughs> and traded their fifth round pick. The following three players were, that picked were Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat. That fifth round pick that they trade turned out to be Kapriel Kaprizov. Kapriel Kaprizov. Oh, imagine that team with those four players. That'd be insane. <laughs> Is, uh, can we quickly go off topic and just talk about how ridiculous this draft is? Yeah. David, Jack Eichel, Stone Strom, he's been all right. Definitely not what you want from number three pick. Mitch Marner, Noah Hannafin, he's been all right. Pavel Zaka. He's playing good this year, at least. Marner, but he's fine. Ivan Provorov, great. Zach Wierenski, great. Timo Meyer, he's a solid winger. Mikko Rantanen, great. Boston Kraus, maybe not quite there. Dennis Gurianov, he was great in the playoffs last year. And then the Boston Bruins are on the clock. And then the Boston <laughs> Bruins have, other than DeBrusque, three busts in a row pretty much. <laughs> they, they, like, they have three busts in a row in one of the greatest NHL drafts in history. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt bad. But they, they can they can take that hurt when they have so many cups. This entire first round is pretty much first-line players. Like you still have at the end of the draft, you still have Jack Rosselbeck and Anthony Bavillier, Travis Konechny, Ross Brock Besser, Ilya Sand. Yeah. Studs. In the second round, you got Sebastian Aho and Travis Dermott. It's ridiculous. I won't I won't go anymore, but best draft in NHL history, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. So we can transition to our Leafs talks. Basically, we're going to be going over the Leafs trade deadline, what moves we think they have to make, what moves we don't think they have to make. Just kind of go over a mock trade deadline for the Leafs. So in coming coming weeks, it's been pretty pretty custom that the Leafs want to trade. Dubas has flat out said he will give up prospects, picks to improve this roster. So for me, the biggest need for them is to get a top six forward. They need to improve the top six to make a run. Right now, I don't trust Jumbo playing on the first line with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I think they need to get someone to play us alongside them. Sheldon, I like Zach Hyman on that first line, but Sheldon keeps be, being adamant that he keeps putting back to that third line with Ilya Mikheyev and Pierre Engvall. So yeah, that's I'll go over some some targets in a bit, but I think they need to improve their top six. I think that's the number one concern. What are you guys' thoughts? I think you do nothing. Unless, unless you're giving up. Not much. I, I don't want to give up one of these top prospects in a year where, first of all, you have to quarantine for seven days. It used to be 14 that they uh, reduced that recently. But deadline acquisitions in the first place are often very risky. It takes a while to build chemistry. And a lot of the time, if you're paying a big price for a big name, it doesn't really work out. It's, it's all it's, ever worked out once. It's, it's the little deals getting a solid fifth defenseman for a third round pick that are often the best. I just don't think in a year where you're going to have to quarantine and you're going to have to move your entire lives and players are dealing with COVID that I don't think this is the year that you want to go big and spend your prospect pool on, even though, as we've talked about, very gettable division for the Leafs. I just don't like trading for a big guy this year. I, I agree. We can, have that conversation um, when we talk about potential targets. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think it's wise. I, I don't think they should be in the Matthias at home talks. Um, I, th- I think I, I think you're right. I think big names, they should kind of stay away from this year and focus on more um, bottom players. But sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you guys um, the, their current assets they have available to them that Kyle Dubas can kind of, kind of work with. So, um, 
As per usual, everyone, I will be fucking up some names right now, so get used to it. <laughs> I'll correct you. Yeah. So, you uh, so the pro- top assets are Rodian Abramov, Amirov, Amirov. Yeah. They picked in the first round. Um, Hyrovinen, who they picked in the second round last year, and Niemela, who they picked in the third round last year. So Steel, by the way, he was great in, in the, the World, World Juniors. Yeah, they, they had a phenomenal draft last year. So th- they have those three prospects: Nick Robertson, Rasmus Sandin, Nick Abrazuzzi. Abreese, I think. I, I probably. No, I, I don't know. Uh, Timothy Lindgren. Lilligren. 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 2021 first round pick. 2021 second round pick. They don't have a third round pick in 2021. And then they have all the picks in 2022. Um, they have no cap room. They, they, they legit have zero cap room. Uh, their only available player who's a, dispen- who's a disposable asset who carries a decent cap hit is Alex Kerfoot, who carries 3.5 mil. And Ilya um, Mikheyev. Mikheyev, who has 1.6. 1.645 um, mil. So those are only, if you're going to trade for someone, you have 3.5 Alex Kerfoot to play with. That's all you got. So you can't even, you can't even acquire a top five if you wanted. You, yeah. They're also going to need these guys in the future too, to be playing on cheap rookie contracts. This window for them is nowhere close to close. Now Tavares may be getting a little old, but all these like Nylander, Matthews, Marner are still very young. This window is, wide open for the next five years you're going to need these guys to play on cheap rookie deals to play in the top six if you're going to pay these guys so much so i don't want to give them away for one year yeah it's honestly fair uh some i, I can uh, talk about some of my targets i have currently so um i have chris tierney on auto senators you be a nice third line center i i honestly think you need to develop your your uh center depth i think you need to develop your depth period kind of create more of a physical edge i know i know it kind of gets um overblown with the toronto maple leafs because you know uh, let's go get sevens with Thornton, but i think you need to develop a little bit of edge in your game so well, well the big thing too is if you end up keeping kerfoot too and you get a third line center kerfoot can play top six on the wing and he can be that winger that you need so you, you don't actually have to trade for a winger if you're going to keep kerfoot you can trade for a center and then move kerfoot to the wing only problem is you have to trade Kerfoot. You have to. If yeah, you want to make a move, that's, that's the only happens. one you can trade. The problem comes in unless they get creative and find a way to keep Kerfoot. And, and that's fine. Kerfoot sucks, but... Oh, come on now. He's he's not good. I'm, I hate... I'm not a Kerfoot fan. Um, I think I got, he's a good winger. He cannot play center in the NHL. I, yeah, I, I think he should be a winger. Yeah, I think he's a good player. A guy who's uh, currently in the trade talks... And uh, I've been actually watching a lot of Anaheim Ducks games, and I'm not sure if they're going to want to like, get rid of him. But I've been watching Ricard Raquel. And give every- me Ricard Raquel. Every time they're going to have to give up an asset for the Ricard Raquel. Which bothers me. But- okay, so what, would you guys do this? Timothy Lindgren, a second round pick, and Alex Craigfoot for Raquel. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I, w- I would probably do that. Lily Green's like the one guy I would be willing to give up on. What about Sandy? I would not. Uh, even though they have so much depth on the left side of that decor, I still like Sandy. I think he's. I think they're going to need him to play. Although, like, he's not going to be able to play in the top four unless he's going to move to the right side. Because you have Riley and Muzzin. Yeah, he's not going to be in the. Yeah, he won't be in the top. Or anytime soon. Great, Sandy, but Ricardo Kelly. So he has uh, he's at three eight five three, um, and he signed through two thousand twenty one two thousand twenty two. So you, you have him for another year. Now the only problem with that is that you already have a guy kind of like that in Willem Nylander, um, who's who's shifty. He's a winger. 
Um, I don't know necessarily if you need another kid like that on your roster. You but can't have enough of them. You can't have enough of them. You, if you play, then you get to play Ricard Raquel with Matthews and Marner. That is, that is, that might be the best first line of me. It's not even, man, Ricard Raquel is fucking amazing. He's awesome. That's my number one target. Yeah, I, I don't, he, he's the one guy where I, I would be willing to give up serious assets for, especially because he has the extra year too. If you're just going to give up the assets for one year, it's a little worse. But if you're doing what they did with Jake Mazen where he had turned them and they ended up re-signing him, I'm a little more lenient on giving up assets. Yeah, if, if I'm Dubas... And Dubas loves guys with turn two. He loves making deals like that. Yeah, he, he likes being strategic in that sense. But, you know, you also got to think the market that you're competing in. Like, these fans are pretty impatient. If you guys... Let, let's say you guys uh, fail in, in the second round this year if you guys lose... Lee's fans are going to be starting talking about his job, so he's got he's got to I think make a splash. He's, he's got a lot of pressure on him because his. Um, I think it's, he's done a great job so far, and I. It's I think he's the market. It's the market. He's done a great job getting the players, but they still have won a playoff series as him as the GM. So that pressure in a Toronto market that has so much pressure on a GM and a coach, he's going to be on the hot seat if they get out in the first round. I think. So another guy I have as a potential target is. Um, Luke Len Denning, currently on the Red Wings. I think he had for cheap, 31 years old. Um, he's a free agent after the season, so upcoming UFA at 1.8 mil. He's the league leader in face-off percentage. So you put him on that fourth line, you put him in the face-off, you can play penalty kill. Um, not bad there. Uh, another guy I have you is... You better be giving up nothing if you're getting him. You don't really need a fourth-line center because Spets yeah. is a very good face-off, and, and he's their fourth-line center. Like, Matthews is good on draws, no risk fogging him, so he's not taking as much right now, but him, Spets are... Even Tavares are all great on draws. You don't necessarily need a guy to take important draws, but and even Glendenning, like you're probably gonna give up nothing for him. So maybe you do get him, but they don't need a fourth line guy. Another guy I have that I would love to see on the Toronto Maple Leafs is Boone Jenner. Um, yeah. 2021 2022 season, and you don't know because Columbus is trying to kind of pick it up, pick up the pace, um, and they might not want to be a seller, but. He would look nice on as a center on that team. I honestly think they just need to develop more grit. I also have a couple other players. Um, Travis Zajac. Now, he's he's a free agent at this upcoming season. He's an older guy, 35 years old. I think he can have a little more experience. And a guy who you probably can't get, but I think would look nice on their roster, is Jeff Carter. Um, he's a free agent after the 2021-2022 season. Can add a couple goals there, but th- those are my potential targets if I was a general manager that I would examine. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. In my standpoint, as I'm different from you, I'm going all in this year. I think this is a golden opportunity to leash to make a run. There's no Tampa, no Boston, no Florida in the division. You're not going to have that ever again. And you have a North division that's very gettable. I think this is their best chance to compete. And I would go, like you said, Raquel is my number one target. Another guy I would throw out there is Miles Wood. Miles Wood. Oh, no way. I have Miles Wood as well. <laughs> yeah, Miles Wood is, he can play in the top nine. He is a gritty forward, provides that edge that you were talking about, Willie. And he scored a decent amount of goals this year on a New Jersey team that's not that good. So yeah, that. I'm go I'm going all in. Um, I think this is the best chance to win, and I think getting Raquel makes that team to a legit contender that can dominate in a game on that top six. You put Raquel with Marner and Matthews, that line's going to dominate every single time they're on the ice, and it just takes off pressure. Kerfoot's so expendable; you can move him in that deal. Kerfoot's playing on the fourth line right now. What value does Kerfoot at three and a half million play on the fourth line with? Jason Spezza, and I forget who else he's playing with. But, yeah, I don't think Kerfoot 
is a fit. I think the only reason he's on that fourth line is because Dumas wants to get a look what the top six will look like. And if Kerfoot wasn't their plans, he wouldn't be on the fourth line. He would be playing in the, the top six. And I also don't mind the Leafs. Like, a third line of Engvall, Mikheyev, and Hyman. Now, they're not going to score the most goals, but they're fast. They can play defensive, responsible hockey. When you have a fire, the firepower in the top six, you don't really need them to score that many goals. They can just shut down the other opponent. That's, that's a fine third line. That's that, out of the top six. I couldn't agree more, man. Like that, that's a fun line that you roll out there, and they go out there, and, and they could produce. They could shut down the opposing uh, team's uh, top couple lines. I love that. So when you acquire someone, you can put Hyman on the third line. It does the world of difference in this roster. Yeah, that, that line turns into a checking line. You can put out against a good offensive offensive line. I think that's what Keith's plan is in mind, that he keeps bringing Hyman off that first line because this is their third line picture for the future. So I really do think they're making a move. I think it's coming in the coming days. Another person they had is Phil Granlund. He carries a similar cap hit to Ricardo Raquel, and he's another good shifty player that can play in the top six. Yeah, I don't quite like, – he's obviously not the player. Raquel is not even close. Um I like Granlin, just depending on what you're giving up for him, right? It's definitely interesting what you said. And I think you make a good point. Like, when you look at Dubas, you put yourself in the, in the shoes of Dubas. He's his box against the wall, man. Like, so you, so you got this pressure coming in. You don't have any cap room. And you also make a good point, man. Like, you kind of need some of these prospects to play on their rookie deals in the show because you've overpaid on some of your guys, unless unless you're willing to move Willem Nylander. And that's a whole different conversation in and of itself. But it kind of makes it a little bit tricky. Whereas, like, okay, do I trade Amarov or do I keep him? What do I do? Do I need him or do I not? So, yeah, I, I think. So, finish up. My bad. No, no I'll, I'll, you go. You go. I think Amarov, I think he's expendable. They just took him. I think he's a, he's going to be a great fit for this team. He's a very physical forward that can score. I really like Amarov coming out of the draft. But yeah, I would be fine with moving him if that's what it takes to get a Ricard Raquel. I wouldn't move him unless you're getting Ricard Raquel. The, the, um, the thing that I've been hearing rumors that make no sense, Elliot Freeman actually tweeted that they're interested in Philip Forsberg, which would be incredible, but they just don't have the capital and they don't have the cap hit to get someone like that. He carries a 6.5 million cap hit. We could make that work, though. I would be... That would be the best top six. Not even close. Philip Forsberg is a phenomenal player. Phenomenal. I, I can't say enough good things about him. Is he better than Martin Erat? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a trade. Yeah, that was a <laughs> fell in that draft. Yeah, he was supposed to go a lot earlier than he did. He went, like, what? In the mid I, I think he went, like, he's like, 14 or 13, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, funny story about that. Oh, was... That, that was the Yakball draft, no? I believe. I, 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 I think so. I think you're right. Then. That was a funny trade because, like, so I said home that day because I was big into trade NHL trade deadline day. That deal came in the very, very last minute of that trade deadline. Like, literally the last minute they got um, processed. Marty Erath and Philip Forsberg. Brilliant. Uh, uh, good job, Capitals. <laughs> An example of why I don't like giving up a lot of these assets for rental players. I, I agree. Like, it, there's only been in, in history, well, I guess not three because um, the Tampa Bay Lightning last year, but. Um, well, but, but were those rentals a lot of them for Tampa Bay? Like, Blake Coleman's not a rental, he's still playing on that team. Good point. But only one team has won the Stanley Cup after trading a first round pick 
for uh, a player. And I was fucking blanking on the name. And I, I, I'm blank. I'm blanking on the exact team it was out of two, but it doesn't work. Point is, it doesn't work. You, rentals don't really work in the NHL. The, the best deals are often. I remember when Washington won, they got I believe it was Nick Jensen, or like fourth round pick or something, and he played in their top four. And he was solid. Those are the deals that you want to make. You, you don't want to be giving up these huge assets unless you're getting a name like Ricard Raquel, Philip Forsberg back. Yeah, um, totally agree. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to a. It's a bit of a different thing we're doing, but we're gonna we're gonna try and tackle it. So we're gonna go through a rebuild of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I can I can start off. So the first part I look in the rebound rebuild as I look players in the current rosters that I like and I think in their future plans. So I'm looking at their current roster. Uh, Dylan Larkin is going to be a part of their future plans. I like Robbie Fabry and Anthony Mantha. And then I'm going to look at the prospect pool. So we got Lucas Raymond, who's a 2020 first round pick. Moritz Sider, 2019 first round pick. Philip Sedinia, 2018 first round pick. Jonathan Bergen, 2018 second round pick. Joe Valeno is another 2018 first round pick. And Michael Rossson, who's not really a prospect. He's been, been in and out of the, the NHL, their lineup, but 2017 first round pick. So I'm looking at the, the, the Detroit Red Wings. I like their future. They got a lot of strong prospects. So it's going to be how are they going to tackle the rebuild to make a successful team? So I'm looking this at the trade deadline. I'll try to move some people. People I think are expendable are Tyler Bertuzzi, Mark Stahl, and Bobby Ryan. Maybe you can trade them the deadline, get some capital back. You can invest in the future. And then I'm going to look in the draft. I know they need a number one center, but I'm doing a two-year rebuild, so I'm looking at 2022 draft for that. I'm looking at Brent Clark. Brent Clark's an outstanding player if they get him at their position. If they add Brent Clark to that prospect pool, the defensive pool, I think that team's going to be outstanding. And then I'm looking at free agency. They need a number one goalie. There's some people in 2021 and 2022 I like. You can maybe go out and get Frederick Anderson. But my idea in 2022 is going to sign Darcy Kemper. To a deal. I think Darcy Kemper is an outstanding goalie. He puts up insane numbers. And then I think in 2021, another acquisition they need to make is get another defensive depth. So I'm looking at Jake McCabe, Ryan Murray. And then the last part of 2021, I want to go all in on Dougie Hamilton. He's a UFA. You get Dougie Hamilton, he transforms your defense to the future. It's going to be a pricey tag, but they have a lot of cap room to work with. And then I'm looking to the 2022 job. So based on their Projected finish in an NHL mock draft, their projected finish second last. So I'm taking Matthew Savoy. Matthew Savoy is an elite center prospect. He's very talented. And so then we look at the 22, 2022 projected roster. Another acquisition I didn't make, I want them to go out and get Anthony Beauvillier. Anthony Beauvillier is a stud. I think he's very good. He can play in that top six. So my 22 projected roster using my rebuild would be a first line of Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Anthony Beauvillier, a second line of Matthew Savoie, Philip Sedin, and Anthony Mantha. In the third line, I have Robbie Fabry, Michael Rasmussen, and Bergen. And I have Valeno as a fourth-line center. I didn't have any winger depth that can be added through their HL team, their farm system. And then my defensive depth is Brent Clark, Dougie Hamilton, Mort Sider, Jake McCabe, and I have Darcy Kemper in net. So that's my rebuild. I thought it went on for a while, but I thought I'd just kind of tackle it so you guys can hear it. Yeah, that's that's great if... Dougie Hamilton makes free and seeing if you can get like an Anthony Bavillier. Those are all hypotheticals, though. I don't think those guys, like, I don't think Hamilton makes it to the open market. There's no chance in my, if Carolina doesn't lock up Hamilton, that's going to be ridiculous. I like where your head's at, though. That's, uh, that, that was pretty that was extensive. That, that, that was nice. I like that. You got deep in there, eh? I went deep. I went deep into the nitty gritty. Nice. nice. Um, one of the interesting let goes that you had was Tyler Bertuzzi. Do you mind explaining why you let him go? 
Yeah, I think Tyler Bertuzzi is expendable. Like I said, they have a lot of people that can play in the top six. You have Lucas Raymond coming up. You have Bergen. You have Philip Sedinus. You have a lot of wingers that can play in the top six. So I think Tyler Bertuzzi is expendable. He's a, he's a player that teams would want. He's a good physical player. So I think he's someone he can get draft capital for. He's a really good player. I like him with the Red Wings, but I think with the winger depth they have coming up, he's an expendable player. Yeah, I agree. Their biggest point of depth on this team in terms of prospects is that the winger position. They don't have much at center. Like, they have Valeno and Rasmussen at center in, in terms of prospects. We'll see what those guys become at the NHL level. Rasmussen's getting old, but he's, he's got to turn out soon. And I think he's playing with a big club now, so hopefully he gets some experience this year. Matt D, they don't have that many prospects other than Sider. They do have Jared McIsaac, who's pretty good. Um, and they still have Phil Verwonek, who's a young guy. But I do think they need another defenseman, another center, and just hope some of these guys make the free agency and some of these guys are available on the trade market. Yeah, it's interesting. So like when I was kind of going through the, the rebuild uh, for myself, so I was looking at the roster and uh, current players signed through 2021-2022, they only have nine. Um, Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, Robbie Frabley, um, Vladislav Nemestikov, Philip Zadina, Danny DeKaiser, Troy Stretcher, Thomas Grice, and Nan- Franz Nielsen. So they only have nine players. So it's a complete blank slate that uh, that Steve Eisenman has to work with here with, with, a, with a decent pool of prospects. Um, it's it's definitely interesting. Like they're going to – they have to determine what identity they want to be, right, moving forward. They, it's a complete and utter rebuild. Um, one thing that you said is you said it's only a two-year rebuild. That's that's where I, I, was, I was having a little bit difficult time because I honestly think this might – be a three to four year rebuild. I don't know though. I don't know. Like Steve Eisenman has a knack of finding players in the third, second round who turn out to be studs. So I think they're going to be kind of like the Leafs when they had Marner, Matthews, Nylander all come up at the same time. They've got a lot of kids that they're they're going to be do a huge youth movement. Maybe it starts probably starts next year. Now they it's kind of starting this year where Zadina and Rasmussen coming up. But they're going to bring up Valeno, Raymond, Sider, whether it's next this year or next year. And, and, and they're going to become really good. Real, not really good, but they're going to become good really quickly. Hopefully they can still get another high pick where the Leafs made the playoffs and, and didn't quite get another one. But if they get another high pick to add to that roster, they're going to be good. Like There's a lot of good prospects on this team, in this system. You, you know who, who I wonder, and one guy that you didn't depart with, Boyas, um, Anthony Mantha, coming into the season, he was one of my favorite players in the entire NHL. I, I, I absolutely love his game. I think he's physical, and he can fucking score. But but he doesn't play that well on the Detroit Red Wings. I wonder if him you put him in a change of scenery and he can become maybe a top 30 player in the NHL. I think a team like uh, the Montreal Canadiens, if you part with like a, a first round pick and a top prospect, I think you get Anthony Mantha. Put that um, talent on the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know. I, I think he, he's someone I'm looking to trade. I think you need some veterans there, though, still. But when I was going through it, Mantha wasn't a guy I wanted to trade because I still wanted to have maybe a first line of Larkin, Mantha, and Fabry to take some of the pressure off all these kids that are going to come up. Kind of like Leafs, where they still had. Bozak and Ben Reemstein were still there when 
Matthews, Marner, and Nylander were coming up. Uh, I really compared this to the Leafs when they were doing their rebuild. Now it's, it's very different. I think the Red Wings have more of a volume of prospects, but not quite the quality of prospects that the Leafs had. Uh, I think you still need some of those, but you can't just trade away all the veterans and let the kids throw the kids into the fire. You got to have a Mantha Larkin to teach them how to play at the NHL level. And that was kind of the problem with Mantha and Larkin. They didn't really have that many guys there to teach them. I like that. I, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think they do need veterans, and there's not a lot of people on this roster right now that I see them keeping as being that veteran leadership other than a Mantha and a Larkin and a Fabry. They don't, like Willie said, they don't have a lot of people under contract. So I think keeping Mantha, maybe he's expendable if he can get a good pack for him, but I think he's important to have to this team because when you have that such young talent, he's going to be a reliable goal scorer that can score goals and at least lead a team. Yeah, no, good good point. It's, it's definitely a good conversation to have. Um, when you have an organization that's and an ownership group that's willing to spend whatever, you know, they, they really don't give a shit about what, what it costs. And then you have someone like Steve Eisenman, who's arguably the best in the game, which was Sakic. Um, I'm excited for their future. It's going to be interesting how they how they model because like, you go looking back in the day, they really embraced, uh, you know, a different style of hockey than everyone, where you had, you had Lindstrom, you had um, Cronwall, you had... I'm, I'm like I'm Zetterberg, and I'm like you know, Pavel Datsyuk no, no, was not. like the best player in the NHL in from like 2006 to 2010. Who was the? They had another like uh, big heavy header on that team as well from Sweden. I think you're thinking Nicholas Cronwall, even though you've already said his name. No, no, I'll, you I'll, got, you got, like he crushed, he killed guys. That's you know, come up the boards, his hit highlight reel is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I was playing uh, NHL twenty one with Cromwell, and he's a beast. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They have a good identity. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what they're going to be moving forward. Yeah, totally. I think they're in a good spot. Stevie Y is one of the best in the business at this. So. If I trust anyone to rebuild, it would be Stevie Wine. I think he's got a great start with the prospect pool they have. So are you guys ready to move on to our NHL draft prospects? Sure. Get into it. Let's do it. Get into it. So we usually do NFL, but since the NHL episode, we're going to dive into the NHL draft prospects, and we're going to be taking a look at the center position. So why don't you start with everyone listing off their top five, and then we can kind of discuss them more in depth. So number one, I have Matthew Veneers. Number two, I count him as a center, but a lot of people see him as a, a winger. I just did it for this state. Is William Eklund. Number yeah. three, I have Tech John- Kent Johnson. Number four, I have Achi Rati. And number five, I have Zachary Budok out of the QMJHL. Uh, I have a kind of similar list here. I didn't um, consider the Swede. What's his name? I, I'm blanking. Eklund. Eklund, yeah. I, I'm, I didn't consider him a center. Normally, when you have these guys that are coming out where they, they say center slash winger, they're a winger. Yeah, winger. I, I project him as a winger. Um, but I, I have Ben Yers, um, Kent, Kent Johnson, number two, Adi Raddy, number three, Cole Sillinger, number four, and Shaz Lucius, number five. Interesting. I like that. Okay, so I'll, I'll give mine, then we can kind of go into a little deeper with some of these prospects. So I have William Eklund on my winger. Um, just watching him play, like I, I really don't see him as a center in, in a in the show. I, I was uh, messaging with uh, a scout um, who who scouts for elite prospects. He sees him as as a center in the NHL. I, I honestly don't. 
Um, it depends on the team decides to deploy him. But for centerman, I have Matthew Beniers. I love Matthew Beniers. He's my favorite prospect. He's probably my favorite prospect I've ever seen. Probably going to get his jersey no matter what team he goes really? to. I, I love Yeah, man. I have my number one, but I'm still not in love with him. Absolutely. Like, I like probably first. I'm like, you know you know how you feel about Rashad Bateman? I, I am very <laughs> understandable about Matthew. But like, if, if well, the Beniers is also going to be like the first overall pick. Bateman's like mid-round for, for the NFL. But I'm in love with him. Um, and I, I got Ken Johnson. Ken Johnson, really high ceiling. We're, we're going to see about him. I, I like his game. Um, he has a higher ceiling than Beniers, no? Arguably. Arguably. Yeah, I think so, too. That's that's honestly fair. I don't really see Beniers have the high, having the highest ceiling in the world. Um, next, I have uh, a guy you guys, I'm not sure if you've scouted, uh, Fyodor Shveshkov. He's from Russia. Any um, relation? No, no relation. No, no relation. Is it spelled the same way? No, I don't think it is. No, he, he he's a guy who uh, he's a little bit lower on almost draft boards. Um, thanks to Instat, uh, phenomenal website. I, I was able to watch a lot of his film, and I think I, I I like his game. I like his game a lot. I think he he's. Uh, I don't have my notes on me right now. Fuck, I, I can pull him up afterwards when we have more of a debrief but um i think he's a phenomenal player and i'm excited to see him at the next level actually ratty he's a guy who's supposed to go first overall coming into the season he's dropped significantly um i like his game a lot i think there, there are significant areas to improve upon however i think he has a lot of the tools to make himself a phenomenal player in the, in the league um Chaz lucius is a guy in the um <laughs> in the american development camp Big body. He has some plays where I'm like, holy motherfucker. He has one goal where he just snips the top corner uh, from the right top, right top circle. And yeah, I'm, he, he's a beast. He's a guy I, I'd be scared to pass on. He, he might have the high ceiling of all these guys. He is, he needs to work on his defensive game, but he is a weapon offensively. Yeah, he, he's, he's a solid, solid player that, like I said, I'd be very scared to pass on him, especially one of these American kids, man. Like, these American guys out of the, out of their development camps, like they, they know how to they know how to train them, they know how to get it done. Um, so I'm a big fan of him. I'll, I'll go a little bit off the board. I'll stay I'll stay my three more guys that I really like. Um, Francesco Pinelli, I think he's a solid player. Uh, Cole Sillinger, a uh, phenomenal centerman that you know I'm really really excited to see at the next level. Then I have Zachary uh, Larue. So, boys, who, who do you guys want to kind of get into first? Let's go with Achi Rachi. I think that's a very interesting one because he was a consensus. He was he's the number one pick coming in. He had a lot of hype a couple of years ago as well. People really were high on him when he was super young, but he hasn't lived up to it. But he's still a very, very good prospect. In my opinion, he's a very strong skater, which is so important at the center position in the NHL. He's got great puck control, which is also very important. He's got great vision as well. So he's got a lot of intangibles. He does have to work in his defensive game, in my opinion. But he hasn't lived up to his hype, but I still think he's a very, very good prospect. He's pretty good in most areas of the game. And he was like, he came in, everyone thought he was probably going to be the first overall pick, but it's been a really weird year this year, especially for hockey, where most leagues aren't playing. He's in the league in Finland, they're playing, but I'll, I'll give him the break. Like, it's been a weird year, and maybe it was just due to all of these other circumstances, not even hockey, that caused him to become worse. And I don't know. He, he's got a high ceiling. He, he could be a really good pick in the mid-first round as a guy who fell due to some other circumstances. So we'll see. 
Yeah, whatever team decides to take a chance on him, I'm excited to see his development path because like, I can't really project it right now. Um, there's not enough there to have a concrete uh, opinion on him personally. Um, he, he, he's definitely an interesting case. But I, I, I wouldn't. Personally, I don't know if I risk my job on him. I, I'd say that. Um, That's fair. That's fair. A, a, guy, a, a guy I kind of want to go into a little bit more is Cole Sillinger. Um, very good at like what's huge in the game today is drive and play and when i watch him he, he does that he drives play yeah I, I agree he he's a he's a fluid skater great hands he's got a, he's got a brilliant release for the accurate shot yeah um he, he's able like uh, one thing i love players and blake coleman's a, a really good example of this who's uh phenomenal skating at full speed um and shooting uh that, that's something cole Sillinger can do and, and once again his hands his hands are amazing um, I like him. I also like him in the defensive end. I think he has a decent game there. Um, he he's a guy who I can honestly see being, you know, a, a guy who oh we should have drafted in the top ten because um, he's not much of a piece. So I'm I'm also excited to see him on Team Canada for the World Juniors. Yeah, for sure. He's a very very talented player. I think you guys knocked it out of the park with them. Very very good skater and like I, like I said, skating so important at the center position to be able to keep up and be a number one shutdown center and that can you can trust him. So yeah, I think Cole Singler is a stud. Um I didn't have him in my top five, but I was he was he was my fifth I was debating for a while. So, I have the notes in front of me now. So um Fyodor Shreshkov is a guy who uh, I would like both of you guys to like go and watch a little bit of his play. It's gonna be hard. Like he, he's from Russia. Um he has a really high compete. It's it's kind of the same conversation we had the other day like we were talking about um Wade on Ohio where I was like I don't like his compete um same with Dylan Moses and what like this this kid always around the puck he's a really solid skater um he's a precise passer he can play the penalty kill he can play power play but he's fucking awful at face-offs this guy has to <laughs> it's actually comparable like okay so he's gonna play the wing so why do we have him here <laughs> because, because he's big and I honestly in my opinion I, I think with enough reps I think you can develop um um face-off skills. I honestly think like if you sit there and practice face-offs for 50 hours, I honestly think you can become really good at face-offs. So it's a part of this game he has to work on. And with the right development coach, I think he can get it done. Any other players? Do we want to talk about uh, Kent Johnson or we all have Kent Johnson on our list, like around number two, right? Yeah. I I had him three just because I had Eklund uh, as a center, but he'd be my number two otherwise. Yeah, Ken Ken Johnson. Um, it, it, it's interesting scouting some of the Michigan games because they're so good. The game is completely different than you, if you were to watch like him playing the O. I think if he were to play in the O, he'd be on everyone's tip of the tongue as a top um, top three overall pick. Personally, I don't know if I'd go top three. I, I think I'd rather one of the defensemen over him. Um, like 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 you said, extremely extremely high ceiling. Um, I think a low a little bit of a lower floor. Um, I kind of see him as like a Micah Parsons. Respect. <laughs> I know. We're preparing different sports and like, hey, keep up, Emac, keep up, let's go. So, so Micah Parsons is a physical three. Are we saying that? It's like potential-wise. Like, it's one, 165 is Elias Pedersen. Like, that is, I, I would get that comparison. That's actually a great comparison. Julius Patterson. That, that was what I was, that's, that's what funny. I kind of compared him to. Where, like, he, he's so incredibly skilled. 
definitely needs to add some weight to his frame. Um, but like he can be kind of an Elias player. He's got a good shot. Great here. His release is insane. I think he has like five machine bulls. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. His release is insane, though. It's like probably the best releasing release in the draft. He's probably one of the best shots in the draft. Like the way he gets the puck off is incredible. Like you can get in tight windows. It's like Matthew asked the way he can get it off in some weird situation. I'm not going to compare it to Austin Matthews, but his release reminds me of Austin Matthews like coming out of um, the draft. And uh, just because I, I want to gush about him a little bit, Matthew Veneers. Um, so yeah, we haven't even talked about him, have we? No, we haven't. Oh, let's get into it. Let's go. Yeah, so so coming into the World Juniors, I didn't know anything about Matthew Veneers. Uh, I heard, okay, well, watch this kid on USA. So I watched one of the games. I watched, I think, it was the second game of, of USA's uh, World Juniors. And I was like, I was stunned. This kid is an underager, and he, he was playing with the best of them. He controls the puck so nice, so beautifully. His zone entries are absolutely incredible. Um, it, that's that's something that is very underrated. It's a very underrated uh, aspect of the NHL game where if you can have someone who can have higher zone entries, like on the power play specifically, I watch all of the centers. We have such a difficult time getting into this, getting into the offensive zone. You have a guy who can just skate it in, no problem, control the puck. He's very calm in the composure. I don't think he has a highest ceiling. Like, I don't think he'll be ever like a top ten NHL player. Where you're like, holy fuck, this guy's good. But I think you put him with a guy like a know, like a Stusla, I, I I'd love to see it, man. I love Matthew Veneers. I think he's this. He might be one of the. He's probably the safest out of all these guys. He's going to be a good NHL center. Is yeah, I just had to agree. A top ten NHL seven, like maybe Ken Johnson has that possibility. Now all these guys, he has that possibility. It's just lower than what Ken Johnson's possibility is, but he definitely is a lot safer. Yeah, if we're in a in a year that there's a lot of question marks about a lot of guys who haven't played that much hockey due to COVID, he's safe. He's he's NHL ready too, in my opinion. He'll come in. He probably could make if they say Ottawa drafts him. He'll make that Ottawa day one roster, I believe. He's he's NHL ready. He's fucking bendy, man. Oh, I fucking love Matthew Nish. Um, good two way game, drives play, exactly what you're looking for. Power play, penalty kill. He's playing top minutes. He was trusting the top minutes as an underager on the gold medal team. Um, yeah, he, he. I think he should be first overall. No, I think he should be second overall pick. Um, we we can talk about William Eckling really quickly. Um, boys, you saying he's first? It's not even a question. It's it's it's. Yeah. I, I William Eckland is yeah. one of the best prospects. Ever. Yeah. In, in terms of like now now okay, th- there's a difference. There's a difference between generational talent like Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Sidney Crosby, and William. Austin Matthews. Sorry, just had to get that in there. <laughs> Holy fuck, man! Awesome. <laughs> Not a generational talent. Are you kidding me? You don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> what top three player in the NHL? Okay, let's see this guy. No, no, no. We're, we're talking about this right now. If you define generational talent as the best player in the generation, then no. Like, like, come on. There's, there's what two guys in the NHL that are better at hockey than him? I think he's the second best player in the NHL. I put him above McKinnon. This year, this year has been better than McKinnon. Well, okay, okay, okay. But I still would, oh. if, if we're going to talk about that, I'd still put McKinnon over him just because of the body, total body work the past couple of years where he's gotten robbed. He, sh- he should have a heart by now, I think. Yeah. When Taylor Hall won, I, I thought McKinnon should have gotten that. But that's for another day. Hold, hold the, another day. Hold another day. But yeah. Um, 
Willie Macklin, I fucking like. Um, he's he is good in all areas of the ice. Complete change of a player, phenomenal skater. Um, really good hands. He's smooth. He can shoot. He's not afraid to get into the gritty areas in front of the net. He's extremely, extremely high IQ. Um, he he won't miss his. He knows his assignments. Um, his, his dad was a coach, and he kind of grew up, you know, playing hockey uh, under his dad. He, uh, his dad's coach in the professional league, and he extremely high hockey IQ. He he knows you know where in the defensive zone where to go, what to play. Um, I love William Eklund, and I think whatever team gets him is gonna be very fortunate. Yeah, so a bit of a bit of a backstory of this. Um, when I, we were first started standing, it was like you have to watch this guy. So I put on this tape, and it's it's insane. He's so fast. He's such a fluid skater. He makes everything look so easy, and he's playing the Swedish Elite League. He's playing with grown men, and he's dominating at 17 years old. Like that's pretty hard to do. The only person you can really think of, like Austin Matthews, dominated an elite league at his level. But Will Mecklen's one of the best skaters I've ever scouted other than Conor McDavid, but he's so fluid. He, the game comes so easy to him, and he, yeah, he's my number one prospect in the draft. He's going to be an absolute stud. I, I could talk hockey prospects all day. I fucking love it, man. I, I love uh, I love these guys. Go Sens, go. Boy, is shaking his head right now. Boy, is he shaking his head? I, I still can't believe you don't think Austin Matthews is a generational talent. Like, that still frustrates me. <laughs> I'll never say it. He's gonna be—he's gonna be a top three player in the league for the, his whole career. Like he's gonna be like—it's gonna be like sit, him and McDavid be like Sidney Crosby, Novetskian. And if you're saying Novetskian's not generational talent, yeah, yeah, it's a shame he fucking hurt his wrist, man. He's not playing it. Anyways, anyways, conversation. Did you, did you see that move against Ottawa where he single-handedly won overtime? Watch him with the puck on his stick. I believe uh, he undressed Thomas Chabot so much that Thomas Chabot didn't know where he was. So. <laughs> Matthews is like because everyone always talks about Matthews' shot. His, His hands, hands are ridiculous. Like absolutely, re- might have. I'd still put Patty Kane number one in terms of hands in the NHL, but he might be like number three behind Kane and McKinnon. Yeah, no, his and not McKinnon, McDavid. Right? His hands are ridiculous. He's also so good defensively. People don't realize that he analytically is a top five defensive center in the NHL. Hey, hey, this is an awesome Matthew fan club. Oh, oh it is. Actually, <laughs> we, uh, if, if we get you out of here, it's awesome. Holy fuck. I, I, I'm here for the same people listening to this. Do we have you, a, I actually have a quick question. I just want to see if you're still saying, do you think Tim Stutzel is a better prospect than Austin Matthews was? No. I, I'm talking to Willie. I just, well, I just... No, 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 no. Okay, good. Okay. Tim Stutzel's game is very inefficient. He's, uh, he, he'll get there. He'll get there. He, no, he's, he's a stud. I, I loved him. He's Jim, awesome. Jimmy Stude, Timothy is, uh, is a fucking stud. I'd love to, I'd love to pair. One, one of the biggest things just for, uh, Saints fans out there, uh, I'm a little bit worried that we're playing a little bit too well. Um, if we drop out of the top three, we can't pick, we need a sentiment. If we don't pick Matthew Benier, Beniers or William Eklund, we're shit out of luck. I don't feel comfortable drafting Ken Johnson, Atu Roddy, Chaz Lucius as my number one center. Um, I think if you kind of go into tiers, I, I, I honestly wouldn't pick another center in the top five out of the current centers that, that are have that are not named Eklund or Veneers. We, we just talked about how Boyes was the only one that even considered Eklund a center. Yeah. He hasn't been playing center this year. He's no. been playing wing. He played center when he was younger, but if he's not playing center now, I'm not going to consider him a center in the NHL. 
Until, until he proves it to me. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it, it's weird. Like, when you scout a lot of these centermen, they, they play winger. Um, especially I, I, when, they, when they move over to Europe because a lot of these guys are in Europe right now. So. Yeah, because they're playing against Madden too, right? Yeah. So, like, a, a guy I have who's currently center, um, Brett Harrison, he, he's listed as a center. He's a fucking beast. I have him as a winger. I have him as one of my top wingers in the draft. But, um, yeah, he, 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 it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting whether you want to be a, have a guy center or a winger. I don't know. Their draft stock kind of moves up with their center, so. Do you morning? Anyone have one? Uh, I, I do not. <laughs> I, I, I've done like the last three. I didn't bring another one. I can make one off the top of my head, probably. I, I, I could talk about uh, Matthew Nears and Ken Johnson. I'll, I'll, I'll figure one out right now. We did some last night, so. <laughs> I thought I was talking about Matthew and Ken Johnson. <laughs> um, another guy we haven't really talked about too quick, uh, that much is Francesco Pinelli. He's a he's a guy who was on fuck. I think he was on the Oshawa Generals last year. I think um, he moved over and he's playing in Europe right now. Um, I think he's another guy playing on the wing currently. Um, I like his game. I don't know if I project him as as a top guy. I I, I think a number two a number two center. Um, I think he would look nice there. Uh, have you seen any of his play? Not not much. I, I want to talk about Chaz and Lucius though. We both had him in our top five, correct? We, I think we both had him at number five. Yeah. He's, he's currently at the National Development Program. He'll go to Minnesota next year. He's not going to be NHL ready next year or maybe even here after that. But Okay, but boys. I got, I got one. So He's an offensive wizard. With the puck in his hands, he's got great vision, great shot, improve his defense, and he's got high potential. Yeah, I, some of my notes I have on him is he, he can skate really well. Um, he has nice hands, a little acceleration, little breakaway speed. He's big. I think he needs to work on that. But he's got a quick release. Uh, in the offensive zone, I, I can project him as a number one center. Um, and that any team would be very fortunate to have. Honestly, I I, I, I would very seriously consider picking him over Atu Gatti. It just depends what type of uh, organization you yeah, have. Once you get past the guy, Ken Johnson, number two, once you get past him, it's it's a tier break, right? And yeah, for sure. They kind of jumbled together. It's just who you like. Yeah. Or okay. Uh, I got a two minute warning. We, we'll keep in the hockey. So this is um, it's kind of a, a historic one as well. So there's 15 NHL players all time that have had over 1500 career points. So basically, this game's going to be going to go back and forth. So we'll start with uh, Willie. You have to name a player that's had over 1500 points, and we'll go back and forth. If you get one wrong, you're eliminated. Oh God. Oh God! I'll give you ten, like ten seconds, sec, sec, seconds, so it doesn't take too long. But well, we'll see. It, all of them are big names, so really. Oh. Yeah, he's number four. I'll, I'll go Gretzky then, I guess. Yeah, number one. All right, Willie. Messier. Yeah, number three. Ray Bork. Yeah, number eleven. Ray Bork. Hey. Fuck. Okay. Um. Oh, I, I'm uh. My, my brain's not too good. I'm sorry to tell you, the listeners. Um, let's. Uh, you won't know. Like no, it's you up, Willie. It's a competition. <laughs> what about Lanny? No. Uh, nope. He would. He has fourteen fifty-seven. So close. So, Emac can take it away. Take the dub with one, one answer. Brian Trottier gets fifteen hundred. 
No, you had fourteen twenty-five. Oh, <laughs> next next person to name someone in the fifteen hundred will win. We won't be going back and forth. So whenever you have one, just name it out. Oh, Mary Lemieux. Yep. No, yeah, Mary Lemieux. Seventeen twenty-three. Oh, oh my God! I, I remember. I didn't say. I didn't name the Lemieux. And then <laughs> we did another two-minute warning. We were talking about points in the first like. How many? How close you got to a thousand points? Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking he didn't get there, but that was in his. And that was how many games it took. Yeah. Points. Oh, some some other big ones. Uh, Yammer Yager, second all time. Uh, Marcel Dion, Stevie oh, Y. Stevie Y, Joe Sackett, and Phil Esposito, and then Joe Thornton's the last one with fifteen twenty one. Yeah. What about Maurice Richard? He never got oh, it. He he's like really. He's never had a fifty goal season either. That's another fun fact. Well, they didn't. They weren't playing eighty-two game seasons. So yeah, they just didn't play it, play enough. But oh, he's, he's old. old. No, no, he's... I know, but they didn't play eighty-two game seasons back back in the day. Well, there was enough teams. <laughs> Learn something right. every day. All right, I think that's uh, it for the first episode of Call Us Recruits. Just yeah. want to say thank you to uh, to all the listeners. I know, I know, we don't got too many of you guys, but uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we're gonna continue to work for you guys. Yeah, you're, you're the real ones out there. Well, we'll see you next episode, everyone. Take it easy. And as I arrived, I thought I saw you leaving, carrying your shoes. Decided that once again I was just dreaming.